Hello, everyone. Welcome to this week's episode of the Diz Unlimited podcast. I'm Craig Williams coming to you from the studio built by dreams and uh, lacking a lot of decor right now, minus makeshift stuff that's been putting up around us. Uh, and today I am joined alongside by a bunch of great individuals, including Rhino, who is just one room away from me. Yes, I have to listen to you talk a little bit ahead of me. It's a little weird. <laughs> yeah, well, next week we'll hopefully be in the same room together, and hopefully we'll also be in the same room with the one and only Dreams Unlimited travel agent, Hannah Anderson. Hello. Yep, still at my house. Same same wall, same backdrop, same yep. me. Well, we'll invite you next week. And I just realized uh, you're not the one and only Dreams Unlimited travel agent. You're just the <laughs> only one that's currently <laughs> we had a on big that. downsizing. Yeah, we really Which makes me <laughs> yeah. Hey, that makes me the number one Dreams Unlimited travel agent on this show. It, it absolutely is. So I'm, Not- gonna angry, <laughs> I'm getting an angry message from Teresa very soon. I am oh, sure we love that. I know we love Teresa and we love our other agents. I am one yeah. of many and they're all fabulous. You are absolutely right when you say that. And I guess that's a great time to uh, plug that this episode of the Diz Unlimited podcast is brought to you by Dreams Unlimited Travel. If you like our content and you want to support us, book a vacation through Dreams Unlimited Travel. Of course, it costs you no extra money and you get the support of one of the amazing Dreams Unlimited Travel agents. So head over to dreamsunlimitedtravel.com today to get a free no obligation quote on your next Disney vacation or universal. And this is also brought to you by our amazing Patreon supporters. We couldn't make nearly the amount of content we do without their support. So if you're interested on extra content that you get by being a Patreon supporter, head over to patreon.com slash Diz Unlimited. Okay. Today we have a, another fun, more off the rails type topic for you. I know everyone was at the edge of their seats waiting to hear what we thought about uh, the the courts dismissing Disney's lawsuit against Ron DeSantis. I, I know you were really excited about that and really excited <laughs> to hear about more of that like groundbreaking news that happened over the past week. But uh, we're just going to have a little bit more fun today. I feel like uh, the world feels different since last week with the the announcements surrounding Universal's Epic Universe. Like, I don't know. It just – it almost felt for a second there like maybe Disney will come back right away with something and and really make a statement. And they didn't, uh, which I think that's also a good thing. You know, you don't want to like just jump the gun. We have D23 Expo coming up this year. So there's obviously going to be announcements then. And who knows? Maybe we'll hear something before then. Every now and then they like to, to just drop big stuff randomly. You know, I feel like Mardi Gras week is uh, next week. So I feel like next Tuesday we're going to probably be talking about when Tiana's Bayou Adventure is opening up. So uh, right now I just want to really focus the conversation not as uh, not as what should Disney now do to to try to fight back against Universal because I think we we kind of talked about that 
uh, two weeks ago when we talked about what should Disney do next? What should, what should they do? But now I want to kind of refocus on Disney and look at what they're doing right in terms of Walt Disney World and the theme parks. And then also what they're doing wrong, because I think it's, uh, it's very important to be fair and balanced with this. There is not, uh, there's not, uh, there's not a lot of like truly horrendous things about Walt Disney World, uh, but there are definitely things that they do not get right that maybe other competitors down the road or around the world get right. Uh, but you know, you know, it's, I, I think it's important to keep it all in mind for how they, they progress in the future, because one of the things that that you know i feel like after the announcement about about universal epic universe is that everyone keeps like focusing on how groundbreaking the park's going to be how you know it's they're really pushing innovation and uh in and storytelling you know words that were often associated with walt disney imagineering and i definitely want to say like right now or talk about it and be like hey is disney still innovative with what they're doing uh are they still experts at storytelling? Uh, are they immersing their guests enough into these worlds? What what are they doing right compared to Universal or other parks out there? And uh, yeah, so now that I've explained how we're going to handle this conversation, I also definitely want to get a lot of uh, a lot of feedback from everyone who's tuning in live because we appreciate that you take the time to uh, to chat with us here and i know my mic's a little late on here i'm gonna bump it up for you a little bit i just didn't want to blow out everyone else here and i'm also kind of <laughs> nervous that i'm gonna screw stuff up since i'm broadcasting for the first time in uh in a new place that i'm not super comfortable with but uh I- i'm gonna i'm gonna pose the question to our group here while i work on my audio just a little bit right off the bat hannah do you have anything that jumps out to you with Disney World right now and what are they doing right? What what are you like so adamant about like Disney has perfected this and that's why I love going to Walt Disney World. Anything jump to your mind? I mean, there's several things. I still think Disney takes a cake for immersion and storytelling. And a good example of that is my family's talking about Disneyland today and even though Disneyland is right smack dab in the middle of Anaheim and so many other things. Once you're there, you kind of forget all of that. Um, and I think that's a small feat in and in and of itself, um, even more so obviously at Walt Disney World. And honestly, that's one of those things that I miss now being a local is when we came here on vacation, we would drive into the gate and then that was it. Vacation started. We checked everything else off, you know, we just didn't think about the outside world at all. And I think Disney still does a really great job of that. And that's one of those things with Epic Universe, because it's across the street from the other um, theme parks or really across the interstate. Um, I'm not sure how they're going to be able to accomplish that, you know, um, that feeling of immersion and feeling like you're truly in a vacation destination, um, which you are, but you're also in Orlando and surrounded by, you know, other things. So I think Disney still, and a lot of that's, you know, has to do with space and just, you know, the assets that they already have. But I mean, storytelling for sure. I mean, especially when it comes to dark rides, I think in animatronics, that's one thing that I miss when we go to Universal is that they don't put as much of an emphasis on the animatronics. And there is just something 
about that that makes it feel like you're stepping directly into the story. Like I know that sometimes you're able to do more elaborate things and be able to tell different stories with the use of screens. But I think, you know, that classic dark ride attraction, there's something special to it. And, you know, even with the addition of Pandora and Animal Kingdom, you know, the shaman and um, the one of the attractions there, I mean, that's, um, gosh, I just forgot that ride. What was it? <laughs> Talk about what Disney does right. The, um, Navi River Journey. Yeah, River Journey. I was like, I don't know either. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the water ride. Um, everything blows and it's pretty. But I mean, even that, you know, Disney's been, <laughs> uh, <laughs> Disney's been um, you know, kind of mastering animatronics for, you know, since the 50s now and and look at what they're able to do. So I, I would like to Disney see Disney lean on the things that they do really well. You know, I would be disappointed you know, if Disney kind of went away from doing the classic dark rides or um, working with animatronics, like I think they're really great at that. Also another thing. um, So I'm doing a staycation this week at Fort Wilderness and I'm very excited if you can't tell, but I love doing staycations at Disney resorts and it's terrible because it's, you know, I live right down the street kind of sometimes feels like a waste of money, but by the same token, I feel like no one does resorts like Disney does like even, you know, high-end hotel brands like the Four Seasons, they're beautiful resorts and they do offer a lot of included amenities, which we'll get to that later, but I wish that's something Disney would bring back. But just something about the theming and, you know, a lot of times the cast members, like I just think like you go to a Disney resort and you're able to just completely immerse yourself into it. Um, and that kind of, you know, transfers over to, I think, Alani and Cruise Line. Um, so even though it is really expensive to stay at Disney right now, that is one of those, like, you know, I don't, I don't want to give it up. Like, it's hard to, for me to imagine going to Disney and not staying at a Disney resort. Um, and then just the last thing I'll touch on is, um, and of course, I should have prepared these names, but I know we talked about briefly about the Imagineer who was recognized a couple of weeks ago for um, some of his like virtual reality tech and all the different things that he's done. And I do think that Disney's maybe being quiet with some of that. Like I feel like they, in terms of technology and innovation, I just really feel like there's some of that that's coming. That's just going to blow us away. I kind of hope we don't have to wait until D23, but I wouldn't be surprised. So we've got, several more months, but I just, you know, I mean, especially you look at what Disney does at the international parks and the capability is so there. And I would really like to see that come to the U S parks, um, especially Disney world. Um, so yeah. And I think, you know, just one more plug, I think Disney is really great for families in ways that other vacations and theme parks are I, I don't think have figured out as well as Disney and just, I think Disney's ability to, you know, tie into those classic movies and these memories and um, just these sentimental moments. Like it's cool for me now being a parent. Like I, I went to Disney world for the first time when I was 10 and I have been a huge Disney fan since then. I look at Disney completely differently now is a parent and I've fallen in love with it in a completely new way. And it's purely because I'm seeing it through the eyes of my child. 
And we're not doing, you know, groundbreaking stuff, but just, you know, seeing that joy, the character interactions, things like that, you, I mean, you just can't put a price tag on that. And those are memories that I'll never forget. And, you know, you don't have to be innovative really to have that. So that's all I'll say for now. (laughs) I I think you did a good job of hitting like a lot of the big bullet point ones in there uh, before we really got even jumping into it because um, you know, there's, it's also cool how with Disney, it works on multiple levels. Like with immersion, you kind of went at it more from the aspect of immersion while you're on property and with the resort and uh, you know, with, with universal so much of what they push now is like, we will immerse you into our rides and lands. And we obviously know how great of a job they've done with the wizarding world of Harry Potter with that. But, uh, then, like, I also think that, you know, Disney, Disney has taken steps there with Pandora and with Galaxy's Edge, whether or not they're as successful as the Wizarding World of Harry Potter. That's a different question. But in terms of uh, now with Universal Epic Universe coming along, uh, you you are not going to be able to be fully immersed on uh, a Walt Disney World vacation or sorry, a Universal Orlando vacation when you're moving between those two campuses. And I mean, Rhino and I know that firsthand because mm-hmm. we literally <laughs> we basically a uh, couple times when we went to Megacon this past weekend, we drove the route that you will go between from from Universal's uh, main campus right now to Epic Universe. And there is nothing that feels like you're going to be stuck in the bubble during that. You are very much uh you're very much traveling down busy roads to get to this new other place. So Disney is definitely having all of that property. They get to keep a leg up on, uh, in terms of immersing you while you're, you're staying in that one place for your vacation. But I mean, once you're at universal, once you're on their campus and probably once the same thing, once you have Epic universe, I mean, it does feel like you're, you're stuck there, but Rhino, do you have anything that that jumps out to you right away with rights or wrongs, or do you just want to bounce off of something else Hannah said? Um, no, I mean, I, I, I agree. I think where Hannah said the thing um, is that right now, if we're just comparing like dollars to donuts, not in terms of what the new park is going to offer, Disney definitely has the edge on terms of like more family oriented stuff. But um, you know, as somebody now who Almost all my friends and and coworkers and everybody, you all have kids. And a couple of times in the last couple of weeks, I've felt a little alienated because I don't have children. Um, it's happened, you know, once or twice. And it's not like intentional, but it's like one of those things that it became like, oh, they take priority. And I was like, oh, well. In a place where that oh, happened, I don't want to stick. I, no, 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 no. I don't mean in a bad way. I'm just saying. No, I know. <laughs> no, God. No, I like kids. You know, it's no. Um, but it's like, I also think, um, you know, I want to sink my money and my experiences sometimes into those things that are geared toward older folks like Halloween Horror Nights. Because that to me is like, I, I sometimes see like 16 year olds and I'm like, what are you guys doing? You're scarring yourself for life here. Like, you know, like I. <laughs> I like, I love that about Universal that they can do things that say like, Hey, this is for the older crowd. And, and you know, like, so if you are going to bring younger people, you can, but just so you know, we're catering to this older crowd. And, and, and I think, you know, that's the inversion of what Disney offers. So it is nice to have both things because, you know, I, I'm not, nothing always needs to be like 
murder, bump and guts, and 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 yeah, bump and guts. I meant blood and guts. I don't know what, what are bump and guts, but um, <laughs> guts. But yeah, bump and guts. Um, but you know what I mean. Like it's just one of those. Like it's only starting to feel this way for me now, too. Like as you know, I'm I'm 39, and it's starting. You know, the realization that it's like, okay, well, I probably won't have children and and that sort of thing being like, well, I want to find my experience here that does cater to me. And I don't feel like I'm just a second rate person there because I don't have kids. And hmm. sometimes I do feel like that at Disney. And I and I don't want people to hark at me and be like, it is a family oriented thing. And that's 100% okay. And I've chosen to go there and I've chosen to have those experiences. I do feel like Disneyland also caters to... Like, I, maybe just because it's smaller, it, it, I feel like when it has those all family segments, they feel like they still are. They feel like, I feel like at Disneyland, I guess this is the way I would put it. At Disneyland, I feel like I very much can experience the PG-13 Marvel movie, you know? And yeah. at Disney World, I don't think I can experience much outside of a PG animated film. If that, that's my like mental thought around it, where it, it feels like softer and, you know, and bubblier, whereas like California has to be a little more like sharp because they have less space and less, you know, so they've got to do a little bit more of those all sector stuff. Um, but no, I, I, but you know, I, 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 I like Disney World. I like the, the Disney parks. I'm going to, I'm going to always find something special to go and do there. And so um, I just think in terms of what they're doing wrong for me right now as like a fan of Disney parks specifically is, you know, we, I, we can beat this dead horse to death, but like right now they are, they keep doing these imaginary pitches. And again, with the, um, with that Imagineer, those tile floors, like that looks incredible. But remember when they showed us the Groot that was walking around and like, you know, and yes. I don't, I don't know how many times I have to watch another freaking presentation about stuff going into the Asian parks or like into Tokyo or the Zootopia animatronic that's going to roam around and talk to people. And I'm like, we have nothing on that level here. And that's one of those things that's kind of frustrating because like they have that there, but I'm like, we have star Wars galaxy's edge that could easily use something like that. Can you imagine if like a Yoda went around like that? And I know the timeline and I know the arguments we've had on this show before about that, but just, that's just my like example. You know what I mean? Like right. there's thing there's, we have so many of these really beautifully um, created and immersive lands that just adding those extra little accents can make that value for what we're experiencing so much higher without having to do, oh, we have to make a giant brand new park. Everybody's Everybody always cuts to it. It has to be a brand new theme park. It has to be a new theme park. And I'm like, I don't think so. I think it just needs to be more innovation in what we have. And um, I, I really wish there was more solid things coming out. Like it is so cool those tiles are so cool, but I, this is like the like the Zootopia stuff. If we count the blue sky stuff, this is like the fourth, fifth time this has been another look at this cool thing that you'll probably never experience. Like I, I like it, but at the same time, it's one of those where I was like, "Could you guys just like do something with it, please? Like, like, like show us and tell us." When you've got something where you're like, and we're showing you this right now because we're about to make the ready player one area, you know, or something like that. I don't know. So I can you. I pose this question? Because I was talking to our friend Brooke last night and uh, 
I, it just, every now and then we just have random conversations that go so many places. And I just randomly out of nowhere started talking about kind of the same topic with her, but specifically surrounding, uh, Disney versus Universal right now. What should Disney do? And, you know, uh, back when they revealed that they, they put in all those provisions right before they switched over Reedy Creek to the, the state of Florida, you know, they said like all oh, this land's going to be zoned for all this stuff. Uh, a new theme park. I still will adamantly stand by this. There is just not enough workforce right now in central Florida to sustain a third, uh, a, sorry. A fifth theme park I, I, at Walt Disney I don't think World. It's never going to happen. I, I, I don't. Think I they hate need to be to. that guy, but I just. I don't think we live in a time where they dream that way anymore. I, I just don't. Th- it's so much money uh, to spend on one thing. I think they'd rather just buy another movie studio. I well, I don't think. I don't completely agree with that. I think they still will think about opportunities like that. Uh, just like Universal could stop at Park Three, or they could go to Four. But I think if Universal goes down that route, they're going to eventually have to start looking at a college program, something along that line, mm-hmm. if they want to sustain. Because you know what, they're going to be able to pull some Disney employees over who you know aren't happy with pay, aren't happy with politics, want to move up faster in the company for whatever reason. They're going to be able to pull some people over the same way that there are people at Universal that want to work at Disney and just have to work there. I was one of them. I did not choose Universal. Disney didn't want me. I went over there. They wanted me. And then I found out that I loved it. But it's not like I ever gave up the dream of working at Disney. uh, But I definitely had more paths to success and honestly rose through the ranks faster at universal than I ever would have at Disney. I mean, there's people there for 20 years and they don't even get a trainer spot, even though that's their goal. So um, it's just the workforce right now in Orlando. I don't think you can just keep building parks and expect to have people to run them. But I I feel like micro parks is something that does need to be explored with Disney. If, if they wanted to, Do you mean like the universal stuff, like how they're building the park in Texas? You Texas. got it. Yeah. So okay, yeah. I'm Texas. I more bigger than the horror nights thing in, uh, in, yeah. in Las Vegas, but definitely universal kids resort in Texas. I pitched the idea of what if they do that here and they undercut, we have, you know, we have Legoland out in Lakeland. That's pretty mm-hmm. far. It's not an easy drive. Um, but you can start opening up a lot more if disney if disney finds a way to create a park that's really targeted at that uh infant toddler through you know through maybe like you know eight years old somewhere in there find find room to make a park like that for that age range and then all of a sudden you can start axing stuff from Hollywood studios and not need to make it as, as kid friendly in that way or, or a different park. It solves the problem that I was saying that it was like, okay, so now they, now I'm, cause I'm not saying get rid of stuff for the kids or at all, but you know what I mean? It, if anything, it's one, I think that would be great for younger parents. Like, I mean, I've seen how you guys, how, how it is with kids and, you know, and, I can definitely see a major benefit for something like that, that people would definitely be like, yeah, I'm paying for that because I'm going to go tire the kiddos out. And then later tonight, we're going out. Mom and what do you think about it, Anna? 
I I have very mixed feelings about this actually because and I will say that I um we've taken our son to Peppa Pig and he loved it, which is right next door to Legoland and it's exactly that. It's all aimed at elementary preschool age kids and he had a great time. The only thing is I just don't know. It feels I would just be really surprised if Disney did that. And also I like, and I'm with you, Rhino, because I do like, I think the stuff you can solve for, for little kids at Disney, like just give them a playground, just give them yeah. a splash pad. Like it doesn't have to be a big investment. Like I don't necessarily feel like they should be investing, you know, all their dollars in this stuff like that. Like, you know, I just talked about how I like love Disney now getting to see my son experience it. You know, but I'm also like bump that. Like, Mama wants Marvel in Orlando. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I think like I, uh, want, and I want thrill rides. I want stuff. But yeah. then also, I think about like I just think because families are going to always travel to Disney World. Like, I'm like, okay, you know, build me something Marvel, but then also just give me a splash pad so that we can do rider swap and everybody's happy, you know? Um, So I don't know. I got kind of mixed feelings about that. Like something about, you know, having something other than Disneyland and Disney World, like freaks me out. Like the idea of, you know, like I I just can't even imagine that. Um, But I'm sure Disney's looking at it because that's what the competition's doing. And like you said, I don't think Disney's at the point where they're looking to invest in doing an entirely new park at Disney World. And I don't know the workforce thing. I, I have mixed feelings about that because there are so many people that move to Orlando every day. The population's here. It's just the pay and cost of living and things that are yeah. in a way bigger than Disney um, to some degree. So yeah, I, I don't know. I'm I'm just kind of like, I, I'm well, like invest in new tech, invest in you know, new movies, whatever, but I'm like, just throw me a splash pad. That's good enough. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Give me okay. another baseline. I, My kid likes baseline. Well, yeah, I, I will, I will weird. say that every day. I, I think there needs <laughs> to be one pretzel, of those areas. Okay. Every, every park should have a little like respite area like that. But yeah, I think what's wild is that we keep talking about, you know, I mean, you brought it up, Craig, that investment that they're making right now there that Universal is investing in itself in such a massive way. And I mean, I know their company is completely differently structured than the Walt Disney Company, but like they're not only building this massive theme park with two hotel properties, but they're also building that other theme park. But then also they're they are doing that, you know, yes, it's smaller, but the thing in Las Vegas, but then also the thing in London like that. So they're going international with it, too. And it seems like they're doing all of that at once. And it's like and sure, some people could argue they're like, well, it's just it could be just copycatting attractions and plopping them down in these different areas. But at the same time, it's like, well, I still think that makes them money and it gets people who couldn't travel to be able to like, who couldn't get this far to go there or something like that. You know what I mean? It, it, it kind of starts locking people in generationally because they're going to then look at all these properties, you know, the DreamWorks properties, things like that, that now universal owns is, and then they'll, start having that sort of like oh well we went when we like i mean i have it because it was like i went when i was a kid you know and sure a lot of the stuff that was there when i was a kid isn't there but you know 
like I look at this new park and the fact that they're investing in a nostalgia based thing in a modern environment like the monsters is just something that's wild. And to Hannah's point too about the animatronics is that I don't think Universal is that far behind Disney in terms of what they're about to do with animatronics either, because I believe they're anima- like, look at that Kong animatronic, you know, look at um, the Hagrid animatronic, you know, so they are starting to lean into that and, you know, and, and use more of that technology. So I'm, I'm excited to see how that will play out in this. Yeah, that, though, is more of how the industry has changed. And, you know, when Disney was building their rides from scratch and they were building their animatronics from scratch, that's how it was done. But then once you get all these third party animatronics companies, uh, you know, attraction manufacturers, all that, then it changes everything because now uh, you don't need to have people in house who can necessarily do it themselves. You just need people who know how to fix them. And then you go and you pay the third party people to do it. Whoever will do it at the uh, cheapest bid price and still deliver it in the right way. So that's how, you know, you're able to start connecting the gap a little bit closer on that. But I'm not saying that Disney still doesn't create their stuff in house because they absolutely do. But, you know, they also use like Garner Holt for stuff as well. Mm -hmm. And that's, you know, that's just the reality of, of what the, the landscape is right now with it. So you both shot down just like Brooke, kind of my kids micro park idea, Rhino to a lesser extent than Hannah. Um, what if we flipped it though? Because Brooke said only, I got it. Adults only (laughs) adults only very thrill ride based. And you know what? You don't need to do a lot. Wasn't that kind of the goal of Downtown Disney when it was originally created here? Wasn't it supposed to be like the adults not, district, right? Because it was like no, nightclubs and New Year's I'm Eve. talking a thrill, Island. not adults only, yeah. a thrill ride park that is let's gonna let's put our big rides that is for teens and adults that they're gonna be attracted to Listen. and say, you know what, for the first time ever screw the kids demographic. We don't care about <laughs> no. them at this park. We just want I, we want this level. And then you drop stuff in like, you know, like the bigger attractions that Guardians of the Galaxy fits in there and uh, Tron fits in there. And, and you know, but they can push it even further and they can build rides that they haven't put in their parks before because they've always wanted to cater to families. What about that? I route? would argue. I see. I would argue that Disneyland park like the disneyland resort both parks included kind of have that vibe a little bit like it is you know what i mean i i think because they have such small space and they get the the best of the best like kind of all together i would argue that's i think that to me maybe is what gives it that little bit of a skewing older vibe i mean i was in a marketing meeting with the the disney people once and they basically said that disneyland resort does skew older than walt disney world um but it is it it's like, you know, I, I mean, I like it, but I'm, I also like Hannah. I like dark rides too. <laughs> like, I like, uh-huh. I like, I like, you know, I, I like, I, I know it's tough because I do believe that we are in a time where it is kind of all about that. Like we want, people want like some, you know, you want to go somewhere where you can do something that you could never do before. Like, and that does, you know, that, 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 that comes out like a Velocicoaster. You know what I mean? Which I still, I watched Universal on their Instagram released a point of view ride through of it. The like two days ago or something like that. And I watched it and I'm like, I can't believe I've done this ride as many times as I have because watching the video, I'm like, it's making me like in my stomach being like, 
we're all going to die. And I'm not even on the ride. <laughs> I'm like, and you know what I mean? But it, it's That's like, awesome. I don't, I don't, I can't foresee. I, I, I don't know because if your argument is why the kids park won't work out that way, I feel like you're kind of arguing that the adults park, the same idea where it's like, you can't, True. Disney has already made itself kind of, I think this is what kind of makes me sad sometimes when Disney owns stuff, because like when they bought Fox, I was worried when they bought Marvel, you know, and what they've done with the Marvel Cinematic Universe is, is amazing. I know, you know, yes, there's been misfires and stuff like that, but as a whole, that entire thing is amazing. And I do feel like it told stories in a way where I never felt necessarily super restrained in those, but I was worried it was going to be all like Disney versions of that. But I feel like they built a pretty good brand where it's like, no, these are all going to be PG 13. And then when Daredevil or Daredevil, when, um, Deadpool comes out and that's rated R, I mean, it'll be under their, uh, Century Studios banner, I'm assuming, but it's in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. So we're going to see how that goes, I think. But like, then I think, like, will they own Alien? Will they own, you know, um, do they own Terminator? No, Terminator's like its own thing, I think. And, but stuff like that, where I'm like, well, guess we're never getting those movies ever again. But there is a movie, there is an Alien movie being made and an Alien TV show. So I think we're on that precipice of where Disney really does have to decide are they going to commit? to doing exactly what you're saying, catering to an older audience, an older audience of people. What do they call them? Dinks, double dual income, no kids, whatever the, 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 the AWOX adults without kids, like all that stuff. Like, I think there is a market that they are not tapping into. Um, that could be greater than that kid market because that income is much more expendable than people with children, I think. And so I don't know. I, you know, now I've talked myself around into, I didn't, I was like, no. And now I've convinced myself. Yes, we should. I, yeah. I was going to say, I was just trying yeah, to stick along with you in this. I'm like, it no. started off where you're so strong against it. And then by the end, I'm like, talk myself. Into I it. think you're <laughs> arguing that it does sound Listen, like at least an okay idea. If you could give me an alien dark ride, like I know everyone always says, Oh, the great movie ride, the alien part, blah, blah. But I'm like, no, Give us a ride where we are. It's a dark ride. Imagine an adult dark ride that was something like Haunted Mansion, but it was alien theme that went through like the Nostromo and that or went through like, you know, all the movies. I don't know if we need them all, but like, you know, maybe not Prometheus, <laughs> but like, you know, we went through all the movies and, um, you know, but it was like legitimate, like the smoke effects and the, you know, the strobe and the, and the like, you know, cool animatronics or like if it was our, if they did something like, rise of the resistance but it was alien so well, you yeah. were in an original alien tale wouldn't that be incredible and like you see the queen is yeah. the big animatronic at the you know some i guess like that is something where i'd be like i'd pay a lot of money to do that and honestly i think if we look at things like the after hours event i know a lot of times people say like oh it's because of the shorter lines i have a lot of people that i've heard the feedback also is that there's a lot less kids because it's later and so like sometimes they're like i feel a little less like restrained in what i'm you know what i can do or what i do and so i'm like maybe there is maybe you could even charge more because of that yeah Mm -hmm. well so i i think you're absolutely right with your thoughts on what you're exploring with alien and i i mean because immediately like I just think about their trackless tech that they use for Rise of the Resistance and Ratatouille and and Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway. You know, the, the Ratatouille and Runaway Railway are so heavily screen-based that you don't get as much of the excitement in there. But, yeah, 
Universal is doing their Spider-Man tile or Spider-Man type simulators where Disney has more of the the dinosaur or Indiana Jones one, or they have they have this dark ride vehicle with with uh, Rise of the Resistance. That just think about that having a tight space, tight corners that those ride vehicles are able to shift back and forth while you're going down, while you have an alien chasing you overhead, yeah. stuff like, the, like and that. It rules on you or something, and, you know, it like spits at you, like yeah. yeah. And that's where so like going back to the original premise of all this too. We're talking about is Disney still innovating? I think they are in terms of Imagineering. Is is sitting around coming up with the future? We saw it, you know, in a big way with uh, with how they built a real expanding lightsaber for the first time. And that was so cool. And then it was placed behind a paywall and and it just was kind of a bummer that like, yeah, that's awesome tech that they're innovating that just disappears. I don't think they're doing a good enough job of putting it in their parks right now. But I also, you know, I've seen people talking in the chat as we're going along. Steve brought up some good points that people are agreeing with and others that Steve thinks they're focusing too much on e-ticket right e-ticket rides right now versus uh, focusing on people eaters, shows, dark rides. And, you know, I, I have a tough problem with that because while I agree and I've been banging that drum for years that they need to put more of a focus on the other rides that eat up people so that way the lines can come down on the big rides, I feel like we are also living in an, a day and age where – you're only judged on the last thing you do. And if it's not bigger than the previous e-ticket ride, then it's kind of a failure. Tron itself is a fun roller coaster. It is. It's short. It's fun. I like it's it. Nothing, yeah. It's nothing, though, yeah. after you do Guardians of the Galaxy, though. And that is right. that is an example of them innovating. I know, I know Gringotts, you know, that's a storytelling roller coaster from the perspective of that moves and stops around, but not like Guardians that keeps you moving that whole time and also directs where you want to go in that Omnimover style. That is like that ride is this is a standard that I think they need to take and then push it forward, see what else they can do with it. And so I don't think Disney's innovating enough. And I also don't, I don't know if either company Disney or universal is doing enough, uh, doing enough with storytelling. They always say they're storytelling companies. And I do believe that there's a story behind everything, but sometimes I, I don't, I don't really get a story out of it. It's just you're placed in the scenario and you see how it plays out. Rhino, you've you've done Mario Kart in in mm-hmm. uh, in Hollywood. D- did you like? Do you feel like that's a good example of storytelling in a theme park? I, I just want your perspective. I haven't done it, so I don't know. Um. Yeah. I. I mean. I think it's one of those sort of things where you do carry, like, I. I I think you're doing it because you know what Mario Kart is, right? Like, I'm I'm not saying that everybody's like that, but Nintendo is sort of that. Again, I I said it earlier, and I feel like I'm going to keep saying it. The generational sort of video game system, I would argue. I mean, I know other ones are getting there now, but you know, um, uh, it, it, it. I mean, you know that you're you know that you're going through to do this race and try and win and play. It, it's a game. I don't I don't know. I, I don't. It's not like 
Shakespeare. <laughs> I don't, I, you know what I mean? Like it, but it is still a story because all video games have a story, right? So you're trying to beat team Bowser. You know? I mean, and that's, that's on a basic really- sense. Look at Rise of the Resistance and tell me what the story okay, no, is it's of that. Not, it's versus- not like that. It's not. It, it's definitely not. Uh, it's not on that level. Anyway, I, you said that thing about Rise of the Resistance, and now in my brain, I'm like, okay. But if they did what they did, if Indiana Jones, if Dinosaur is the same track as Indiana Jones and the same technology, if they literally picked up Rise of the Resistance and put it in a different part of the park, and they were like, let's make it alien, I would be like, okay. So the prep room right here is where you're getting your mission from the the Wayland Company, and then you get on the Nostromo. <laughs> ship where you're being piloted by uh, a captain which spins out a con- and then you dock with the ship that you've lost communication with right and then you have to go through that ship and then you get into your other you know you're breaking into the holding cell and then they've got to get you out because this thing's you know so then you got to make a break I, know, I would be so happy if Disney's like you know what we've been waiting for the perfect pitch alien is coming yeah I must like it's it seems so easy to me right now that I was like, you literally you could have your animatronics and everything in the same place. Think about the park, the part where you know Kylo Ren drops down and walks towards you with the lightsaber. You know what I mean? It's the it's the xenomorph dropping down and crawling towards you. You know, and the part where the lightsaber comes through the roof, it's the alien's head coming through the roof. You know, and then the the other you know, and then the end is the big sucked out into space and maybe you have someone who's like get away from her you you know and i'm not gonna say it but you know and and then you have to get out and you know and the whole thing is you're trying to bring back a sample right because that's what they the company the company <laughs> is always trying to do is get you to bring a sample back i'm okay. sorry i just that's right I yeah can see, you, somebody you make, took that to armchair imagineer in there yeah i so, love it yeah, yeah i'm huh. in yeah i just bought into your theory um just can like, i jump in and say something really quick yeah uh, go ahead not I about alien i don't want to hear Disney- it. <laughs> okay, bye. I'm out. <laughs> Just kidding. Um, one thing I think Disney does really great is Cars Land. Like I, mm. I feel like I talk about too much, but like Cars Land to me is beautiful and just that. I just love that it's a copy and paste from the movie and that like literal theming. I would love to see Disney do more things like that. And I feel like maybe everything that Universal is doing with Mario Kart and Nintendo is sort of like that where it's like, Hey, these are images that you're familiar with. This looks like Mario Kart, which you've played for, you know, decades or whatever. I, I think that would be like, I would love to see that with Disney and they have, I mean, that is the thing about Disney is they have so many stories that they can use and play on. The other thing, just when kind of going back to, we're talking about doing an adults only park or doing these like micro parks, I almost feel like Disney has gone in this direction where they are marketing towards a clientele that has money to spend. Like they, I, and I'm going to be curious to see what happens with Universal is that it just seems like anything new that comes out with Disney, like even, I mean, as much as like, you know, I wanted to do the Galactic Star Cruiser and I wish it would come back. I didn't get to do it because I didn't have the money to do it. And like, I feel like all these really cool, innovative things they're doing cost a lot of money. And so, you know, I mean, I'll just even say like when we were out at Disneyland, one of the cool experiences we got to do was for clients that would be able to spend more than even a VIP tour. And so Disney's definitely going that route where it's like, yeah, like we, we want you to come stay, but we want you to buy DVC 
We want you to pay for an after hours event. You know, we want you to go on a cruise, which is a couple thousand dollars. And they're all amazing, immersive experiences, but you've got to pay a price that I don't know that middle-class families can do right now. So, I mean, that's something I would like to see moving forward is just, you know, some balance with that pricing. But I also think Disney right now is just like, we want your money. Like we don't want just, you know, come for a day, take your kid, you know, go to the splash pad. Like we want you to come for a week and and spend your dollars here. But going back to what the fan wants, I mean, it's kind of like, I mean, how long has the villains park at Disney been a rumor? I mean, for forever. So I think there's a want and a need for it. I'm just, I'm also curious and I'm being a little bit of a naysayer. Rhino, to your point, like I kind of feel like the Disney adult has kind of been like poo-pooed on recently. But okay, so now I'm talking in circles again. But then Disney does things. I think after hours event is geared towards, you know, teens, adults. Um, I think, you know, some of the merchandise collections, like it's like, yeah, okay, maybe we're not going to build an attraction for you, but like we do want your money. We want you to buy spirit jerseys. We want you to buy lounge flies. We want you to buy lightsabers. And I would say that's all skewed more towards adults. So anyways, all that to say, I think the potential's there. I just think Disney right now is trying to like get that high affinity fan out in Disneyland. In Disney World, they want you to come for a week. It's okay if you don't come for another five years, but they want you to come for a week and they want you to spend a lot of money. So, The only thing I don't like about this narrative is that Universal is also not any cheaper. Their admission prices for their parks, if you're talking about, you know, buying either a single day park ticket or even with, uh, you know, even buying a five day park ticket there, it's you're unless they're running a really great deal, which they do a lot of times, like the buy two days, get three extra days free, you know, unless they're running something like that. If you're talking like on your standard base tickets, it's a lot of the same price. You just, you have to follow their deals, which are better than Disney. And then uh, I think their hotels are still a much better value and their deluxe hotels do obviously have a huge perk with having the universal express being attached on there. But, and you know, it's I I don't see the Disney nickel and diming as much and the costing as much. I I think both properties have the ability to cost a lot of money to people. Uh, the one thing about Disney though is I think it's just now they're giving us so much alternatives and people are so used to how they vacation that it's harder to to suck down some of the changes. Like I you know we're all annual pass holders and do I want to do Disney after hours? Absolutely, I do. Any one that I've done, I've really enjoyed, and I've come out of it thinking that it was a great value and a great experience for what I've gotten out of it. But at the same time, I'm already dropping a thousand plus dollars for an annual pass. So no, I don't want to spend an extra hundred dollars. Oh, I have a question when about I'm it. doing that for uh, you receive reimbursements for, through John. No, 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 no. Sorry. No, yeah. <laughs> what? Um, <laughs> no, but yeah, b- before you forget about your. The thing you're saying about the value for annual pass holders and things like that. Um, I thought you were going to bring up the fact that we can't technically go to the park every single day of the year anymore. But like also, um, I saw online the other day. I don't think I knew this. Do college program kids not get um, main gates anymore? 
because somebody... I don't have that information. I somebody I posted to... a screenshot and was like, I remember that, and it was the like the main gate, like, or I think they still hmm. look the same. But they were like, oh, I I remember when college program kids used to get main gates, and I was like, do they not get main gates? But then I was thinking about the day too when I started with the company. You could go as a cast member to the park every day of the year. It didn't matter you right. the person. Your main your main gate might be blocked out at like Christmas or whatever that, but you could use your ID and go to the park every single day. And that is wild to me that every day there's those sort of things that slip further and further away. And I, you know, you're talking about the value of stuff. And I was like, it feels like, I don't know, like things get more expensive, but they find ways to cut the value out of it instead of adding yeah. value to it as it gets more like the fact that I paid a hundred dollars for memory maker the other day. Cause my kid took a cute picture of Donald duck and that used oh. to be included. You know, I mean, I would have just, we should have just been friends in my Disney experience. And I would have given I you the know, I know, but you know, it's, it is, it's things like that. And I mean, I feel like if we're going to go there, I mean, one thing that like I hear from clients all the time is it's, it is the nickel and diming. It's things like magical express, not being, a factor, you know, you have to be staying at a deluxe resort to get that late entry to the park. Early entry is not that yeah, early anymore. One, yeah. yeah. And I think, you know, even, I, I don't know, I guess I'm just shocked at like, where are people getting this money from? Because if you're coming down here and making the investment, huh? What's your jobs? What you working? Yeah, you work? <laughs> exactly. I know. Is everybody a doctor now, a lawyer? Well, um, Myron. But yeah, I, <laughs> <laughs> but I, I mean, seriously, like, I think if you're making the investment to come down here, you know, you're buying the tickets, you're staying in a hotel, like you kind of need to get Genie Plus, you know, but I mean, you start doing the math on that for a family of four and you're adding a hundred bucks, you know, every day that you're there. And that is real money to people. And I don't know if I, you know, and Disney's got a whole team that literally does this. They take the costs and they figure out, okay, what, what is our point that we're going to start turning people away? And like, I guess it's working for them, but I just, you know, I think, okay, if you want to keep doing that, at least just like bring back some little things, right? Like maybe it's more of like a perceived value thing. Like, okay, yeah, I'm paying more, but you brought back Magical Express. So, you know, you just, and I think that's it. People want to feel like they're getting value back from their investment and or, I mean, or this that is, you're yeah. definitely going to get the you're going to get what you're giving into it right like the, i right. feel like that's maybe that's what it is is that lately it feels like i could pay all this money but if things don't go just right then i'm gonna right. have a bad experience so it's not like it i feel like that guaranteed where you're like well though at the end of the day i'm still at disney that feels like that's slipping away a little bit because it's like mm -hmm. what hannah just said like it, you know all that stuff it's kind of like if you don't play the cards just right. Like, I don't, I don't like that. Like, I wish there was, you know, if we're all paying for the same movie, you know what I mean? And it's sort of that sort right. of things. Well, some of you are going to be in the front row. <laughs> like, yeah. I mean, right. here's the, the problem is that Disney has always done what they needed to do to survive throughout the years. And they've, they've added, they've added, uh, plenty of stuff to try to add value to their parks and their resorts. And they've also had to take stuff away. And yeah, the pandemic was a big catalyst for taking stuff away. And then, you know, attaching dollar signs to it was something that we thought was going to happen years and years before it ended up doing. This was always writing on the wall because they gave away too much stuff for free. And 
I almost feel like the problem is our generation and, you know, maybe some of our parents are just never going to be able to accept that it's not the, you know, they used to give us all this stuff for free, but uh, you're now, you know, there's probably kids that are now 20 years old that, you know, they don't, they don't have those same fond experiences they have. This is more of a normal Disney to them and uh, building off of that. And I, you know, I, I think that's, that's a problem that Disney's just going to have for a long time is we lived in this golden era of you gave us all this stuff for free to keep us here. But as a business, you know, they can't just keep one upping but that every that what you're saying right there is how they're going to end up losing people to universal universal. Because, you're not getting a free ride have, to universal. They, <laughs> no, no, no. But they what I'm saying is they don't have brand loyalty that same way anymore. You know, I think these younger people, they're going to eventually just be like, okay, well, then, you know what? I'm going to go to Chicago for the weekend instead, or I'm going to go to New York and watch a Broadway show. Or, you know, I think people, I think we're, that's the thing that the, you know, you know, I feel like I, I, you know, Gen Zers make fun of millennials and whatever. And, you know, you can say whatever you want about them, but they, I think they're very, sometimes they're like, yeah, we're not going to mess around with that. So they just will move on. And I, I think they'll, I think they're easier at moving on than maybe we are. So well, we have, you know yeah. what I mean? I don't we know yet. Wait see. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We have to wait and see to see how the next generation chooses to spend their money and, and what they put it behind. Um, well, we you can't know, buy the, a house, so we the, might as well spend it at Disney. <laughs> the thing is, too, I that mean, yeah. <laughs> one thing Disney is doing right is they are still able to take full advantage of our nostalgia. And whether yeah. it's you know the movies or, or coming to the parks, they know how to exploit that perfectly. And that is – that's going for them in a big way. And I know you've pointed out to Rhino, you can start to have nostalgia with universal in the same way. And I, you know, I know that will be part of our family's tradition. I mean, Harry Potter. Well, yeah. well you're here too right. with Harry Potter, with, you know, I, the, the, some of the, some of the DreamWorks movies will definitely be a staple in our house and illumination movies. Others won't, um, you know, you're not going to see Panda. Shrek you on repeat. <laughs> <laughs> You're not going to see Kung Fu Panda on repeat either, but How to Train Your Dragon, absolutely. I love those movies. I, I you know, Panda. I, I, I'm a Minion fan. I like those Minions. They make me happy. So Universal's finding ways to to draw in like that too. But uh, Universal, I, they're not going to give away th- free things forever. Eventually, I think they're going to fall into the same trap that Disney's in where you can only give these benefits for so long to keep people in. And then you have to start pulling back. Like you talked about cast members with main gates. The reason I stayed at universal for as long as I did was one, I wanted a five year pin because I just, that was a goal of mine for some reason. Drinking that Kool-Aid. And two, it was, uh, I wanted my Halloween Horror Nights admission, even more than my regular park admission. I wanted my HHN admission where I got to go in every single night, no questions asked. And, you know, then it went to, okay, well, you can get in for the first month for most nights. And now, now it's like on a complicated system for their team members where they have to select which dates that they want to do. And it's, uh, you know, it, eventually with Epic Universe, like they were blocked out of Volcano Bay for such a long time. The same thing's going to happen with Epic Universe too. It's just, we're not talking about it as much because 
it's still not quite at that Disney level. And we're more of a Disney show than a Universal show, despite the fact that we do it now, too. But eventually, I think they're going to catch up with a lot of those same standards, too. And, you know, at that point, all we can do is just sit there and be like, yeah, but because Disney's doing it, we don't like it. I don't care as much that they're doing it. And I, you know, that's, that's not as fair to me, but that's, you know, that's my diet. Capitalism, right now. baby. That's what's going on. <laughs> Supply and demand, baby. It and we're is. buying everybody. I'm like, I, well, oh, that's what Lord, I say. We're, always, we're part and I'm of it over too. here, like booking my park passes and, yeah. you know. Yeah. Oh, watch me buy that stupid alligator plush and the popcorn bucket. You know I'm going to buy them both. Why do I need both? Because I like them both and I can't make up my mind. Because our that's friend right. designed it, and that's why we're going to buy both. That's true, too. And, that, and I, you know what? He's cute <laughs> as hell, and I want it. When I see his face. And I'm worried I'm not going to get it hey, in time. It's your Cheaper money. Therapy. It's your money, and you deserve to spend it however you want, Rhino. That's yeah. Right. Empowerment. Yeah. Yeah, but <laughs> no, it's yeah, it is just it's such it's such a weird different world than before. And I, you know, it, there's no easy answer with it because like going back to the after hours thing, I do think there's a lot of value in after hours between uh, snackies and lower weights for the rides and being in the parks at night that late again. I love I love that feeling. And, you know, when you consider that you get in two hours early and then add all the time together, you can knock out a lot to where you didn't need that park ticket for, for that day. Like yeah. you could just go in for that, but then you have to realize, okay, well then I'm not buying a four day hopper ticket. I'm not buying a three day hopper ticket. And then the price goes up per day because it gets cheaper as you go on. So it's always, there's always little balances, but I think, I think that's one of the things that Disney is doing right. Despite it not being popular. I like that they're giving more options and it's, you know, it's not always the greatest option and it might cost you more money, but at least, at least it's there and you can throw so bricks you- at me now. I'm, that feel free another to. thing that disney does no i i i hear what you're saying one thing that disney does great i think that we've not talked about is disney does holidays great disney does special events great so i i actually love that epcot is just a giant festival now that you can you know pretty much any time of year you go there's a festival going on because i feel like that gives disney this way to give you something new and something different Um, Even though, you know, a lot of it is purchasing food and drinks and specialty items, you can go and just enjoy having a different park experience with the same day admission. So I think those are things um, that keep people coming back to Disney, you know. Um, So, no, they they do holidays great. I think they do events great. I would even like to see more of that at other parks, too. So there you go, Disney. I'm not mad at you. There you go. Never be mad. Okay. And then no. I'm going to I'm going to ask one final question that I feel like I should have asked last week with it and then we'll wrap this up. Was I the only person that when Universal said that they want to bring the park back into theme park with with Epic Universe that the instant thing that I thought of is like I feel like Animal Kingdom is just one giant park for the most part minus a couple areas. Mm. But does Disney have 
does Disney have any areas? You know, I've been team bulldoze every bit of area and pave over water as much as possible to expand the parks as much as they can. But do we feel like they succeed at all in any place uh, outside of Disney Springs even that are they do they still have park as part of these theme parks? Yeah, for sure. I mean, I I guess I'll jump in here. Like that is one of the things I love about Disney is like being able to sit on a park bench and just enjoy the sights around you. Um, I think, you know, actually Disney, I mean, you mentioned Animal Kingdom, like definitely you have that experience throughout the park, but even the Hubgrass, like, I mean, I guess that's kind of older now, but that was a big deal, you know, and they like created that space. And like, I love the Hubgrass. I still do. Like, I love being able to sit on Main Street and have a snack and look at the castle and see the parade or just hear that Main Street loop, like the music. I I love that. Um, And even so I kind of ripped on the new space at Epcot a little bit. Like it was just kind of like underwhelming. And then when I went the first day of Festival of the Arts, I spent some time in Connections And I saw people using that space and it was just really refreshing and nice to see families like, I I don't know, I just saw families like having a good time and hanging out and, you know, drinking Starbucks and taking pictures. And it just kind of reminded me of like, I don't know, that feel good Disney that sometimes I forget about, like being able to just kind of sit there, soak it in see other families having just genuinely a, a good time. Like I, I think I would like to see more of that, but I think Disney yeah. does a pretty good job at that. Whereas at universal, I'm like, Oh, you know, I mean, Harry Potter uh, kind of has it, but I'd like more places to hang out, you know, sit around. Now outside central park in universal studios, Florida, and a little bit around the lagoon, I feel like they don't have that park aspect and IOA, you know, they have that water giant, water feature right in the middle rhino's camera just turned it's my off. camera uh <laughs> Bye. i told we, you this happened we hear you just switch over to your webcam right now if you okay. can um yeah, I think I can. and so i feel like i feel like islands of adventure to me i don't really get that that feeling of park with it but you know that's uh, those parks, I don't think they succeed as much with it, but there's a, you know, I don't get that feeling at Hollywood studios at all. And I think we've, we've talked about that enough. And I, you know, as we've gotten used to the new Epcot area, I know it still has to open up the final walls that aren't down, but I'm, I stand in there and the more comfortable I get in there, I'm like, I actually think this should have been bigger and I don't know how to make it bigger besides taking over other areas. But now it, it went from like when it felt so new, it felt so big and open. Like, like when you're a kid experiencing something for the first time and now, now it just feels like, okay, this all feels very close to each other. I would have loved for a little bit more expansion, but you know, I, I think they're doing it, but Rhino, how did, how do you feel? Do you, do you think Disney has the park? in theme park in any of their parks here. Don't talk about Disneyland. Uh, uh, um, I mean, if you're, <laughs> talking we want about, to. <laughs> you're talking about areas to like lounge in. 
giving that park aspect. That's the huge selling point with Epic Universe. I don't know what that means. I didn't grow up with parks around me. I grew up in the woods. So I'm like, I I like, I grew up with cranberry bogs and trees. That's it. So So I didn't have like a park to play in. I didn't grow up around cranberries, but I grew up literally in the suburbs of Pittsburgh. We had a baseball field. We had the soccer field. We had the thing. I didn't go to parks. I don't know what privileged life you guys led, but I grew up in a farming town. So they were not parks anywhere. Um, but I think yeah, to me, when I think of a park, I do think of these theme parks. So I don't, I don't know. I mean, like I've been to central park before. I'm like, there's places to say like the best one, right? And, and, and like, <laughs> I've been to the ones in Milwaukee and I'm like, and they also have places to sit and eat. they all have a baseline tap house area. And that's what, I, for me, that's, if that's the vibe you're talking about somewhere you can sit and relax maybe enjoy a bite to eat, but like you're not in the hustle and bustle, like the central hustle and bustle of all of it, where it's maybe somewhere a where, snack attack. Yeah. A little snack attack. Uh, um, hey, well, no, that, no spoilers for next week. <laughs> um, that like, I, I do, I think they still have it. Like, yeah. I mean, I don't, I, you know, I guess like I'm at, reading at magic kingdom. It's like the grass, right. In the hub. I don't know. Magic. Kingdom I'm reading. Really yeah. So we should get like a hot dog carton. <laughs> yeah, there should be like popcorn cart, hot dog cart. Yeah, it's maybe like you just have like a pigeon lady from Home Alone Two is over there. I yeah. don't know. I like okay. and um, I <laughs> called off the rails. It's, I mean, are we talking like is it outdoorsy, like foliage and trees and stuff? I don't know. Gardens, atmosphere. Oh my goodness, we're okay. As soon as we're finished with this, before we do the Patreon post show, I'm gonna email John and I'm gonna say we need a budget to do like a Eugene Levy style travel show where we <laughs> just sorry. send you around the world to different parks and gardens, and as you try to discover your passion for parks, the way he discovered his passion mm. for travel. So, okay. but your well, eyebrows this, have to get significant. Bigger. I was so, start penciling them in. I, <laughs> I, um, I, yeah. I feel like, um, isn't that what Joe Rody does every time he wants to build a theme park area? Every time yes. he used to, like, he's like, I need a vacation. Um, so, yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Listen, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna pull any more answers out of you here. I feel like we've had okay. enough fun. What is parks? All right. <laughs> my grandma had a yard that was nice and there was a lot of like trees in it and okay. we had you know she had a garden and that was That's, nice i grew corn once call call disney plus up they need to revive oh, he asked the question <laughs> what is parks what are what is park <laughs> okay uh, a beach i've been to a beach <laughs> I mean, yes. a beach could technically be a park. There as was well, a playground too. there. You, I mean, there was a big wooden one in Onset. You, you, you could take in your life in your hands, getting splinters while you crawl through that thing. But yeah, that's what we want more Fantastic. of. Yeah. This well, this has been captivating material that I'm sure uh, everyone out there listening and watching is going to enjoy for uh, future generations. Uh, the same. They're going to be they like, this guy's an idiot. Get him off the show. <laughs> well, um, we'll save that as uh, we'll save that as like a, a, a poll at the start of next week's show. Oh no, Should I don't, I don't do I this anymore. Oh, okay. I thought you were going to yeah. say, is Rhino an idiot? I don't want should, that poll. Is yeah, Rhino dang. an idiot? And should he be allowed to Long work here anymore? Only. Is Rhino idiot? 
we'll we'll figure that out next week. But uh, I think that's going to do it for our little conversation here this week. I'm not sure if we actually answered the question. We we definitely answered it in parts, but I don't I think did. we did it fully. You you did a great job, oh, no. Hannah. You I tried. Thank you. As you you know what people can say mean things about you and that you don't fit in with the group, but you have been our anchor now for the past couple weeks and have kept us grounded and i love all your contributions if you're not watching our dining (laughs) shows our our dining (laughs) reviews hannah is (laughs) hannah is literally like i i don't think rhino and i do a bad job with it but i think hannah is just she just she was placed in a hard position where she had to just jump in and you know and try to fit in with us and she did not miss a beat with it and uh well it's because you guys are so darn lovable and so fun and i like food so it's and you like to drink and i appreciate that very much (laughs) i don't i don't know that mom does like to drink martini mom is one of the things i want that on a shirt and we said something in a video that we filmed it's yesterday like, is yeah that i want that on a shirt so you're you're like the you're the catchphrase queen i hate you All both right. <laughs> <laughs> and, that's why we <laughs> and more people will understand that next week with the humidity but uh well i think that's it for this week's episode now sentimentality all aside thank you so much rhino and hannah for having this conversation with me Hey, I, uh, give me the thumbs up, Rhino. Give me the thumbs up. Oh, there we go. There we go. We got it. Uh, Do people see those in parks? I hate you. (laughs) Seriously, I am now over you. Uh, And thank you so much, everyone out there, for taking the time to listen. Good lord. <laughs> oh, this Patreon after uh, post show, after show, whatever it's called, it's going to be a fun one, I'm sure. But we're losing Hannah and we're bringing Jackie in on here. Uh, thank you so much, everyone, <laughs> for taking the time to tune in, watch, listen, however you did. We really appreciate this. We couldn't do it without you. Uh, just a couple reminders, though, that this again is brought to you by Dreams Unlimited Travel. So if you want to support us more, book a vacation through Dreams Unlimited Travel today at dreamsunlimitedtravel.com and it's also brought to you again by our Patreon supporters and if you want to join in on the Patreon post show that we do right after this show uh, then you can do that at the $5 tier and levels above that and get lots of other exclusive content so that is patreon.com slash disunlimited if you were watching this on YouTube please subscribe to the channel hit that thumbs up before you go here leave comments questions and video suggestions in the comment section and if you were listening to this subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts and if you can leave us ratings and reviews that would be very much appreciated but that's going to do it for this week's episode of the Diz Unlimited podcast again we we couldn't do this without you we truly appreciate you taking the time to watch and listen and we, thanks for laughing at them right now like <laughs> Sorry, fools. I, someone yeah. said bye I'm going to a park <laughs> <laughs> so I'm like, and oh, I'm, now I'm goodness. like kind of sad where I'm going to text my mom and be like, Mom, have we ever been to a park? <laughs> Mommy. I worked Mommy. a job to put food on the table for you kids, and you wanted me to take you to a park. I mean, I did you ever go to a playground? World. Did you go to a playground, or did you have your playground in your backyard? Ooh, my grandmother's house was our playground. She had a hill. I used to roll down it. You couldn't roll too far, or you'd end up in the driveway. But We that's, get it. That's, <laughs> 
Okay. <laughs> you have now painted the picture clear. Get to those parks today, whether it's your, uh, whether it's a theme park or it's your local park, get to those parks uh, and experience all that is good with the parks. Uh, but that is going to do it for this week's episode of the Dis Unlimited podcast. Uh, we truly appreciate you and we'll be back with you again real soon so we can talk about all things Disney. Uh, but for now, we've come to the end, or should I say the beginning of your future. Goodbye.